Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. This independent podcast is featured on the Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio, bringing you honest and unfiltered entertainment and discussion on the Montreal Canadiens and hockey news. Your hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Putney are proud to be one of your trusted sources. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to Habs Unfiltered, episode 367. I'm your host, Blaine Pudvay, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Matt Smith. Good evening. And Treg, the Hammer Wilson. Afternoon. Somewhere. Somewhere. I fix my light. I don't like the light on this. Yeah, that's better. You look so much better like that. It's almost like you're, you got the spray tan on already. Nope, not till... Not till the 29th of September, baby. The Barbie first shelter. Coat. First coat. <laughs> I actually want to see that movie. No no lies. I want to see that movie. I hear it's pretty good. Yeah. I, I have no problem with that one. Can't, uh, can't go I, wrong. I saw... Right? A, so, yeah. Can't with go Ryan wrong Gosling? with Ryan Gosling. He looks some good. Or Margot Robbie. I was going to say Margot Robbie yeah. first. <laughs> we equal opportunity here. Hey, yeah. man. Yeah. It's 2023, buddy. It's 2023. <laughs> That's right. It's a new Navy. Yeah. Not a new Air Force. It's so, just a new Navy. <laughs> the, yeah. The Air Force is still lagging behind. You well, know, that's not true. It. Trenton did have a base commander like to wear women's underwear. So. <laughs> <laughs> okay um so anyway to hockey oh, fuck. this episode i mean we're in the middle of the summer there's um there's not a ton going on it's fairly quiet i mean most gms are on holiday at this point uh but we do have some items we'll talk a little bit about the rookie term that's coming up we'll talk about the preseason uh some stuff surrounding that what we think might happen who Who's going to be the champion? It's obviously tragic, but we'll pretend like it won't be. And some stuff about Reinbacher. So why don't we just start it off right away and talk a little bit about the Montreal Canadiens being the seventh youngest team in the NHL on paper right now. Yay. I mean, <laughs> no, that's good. Uh, I like this because... It's young, but it's experienced young, especially with all those uh, defensemen playing last year and getting the uh, NHL time. Um, now, Newhook comes in. He's, what, 23, I think? 22. 22. So, but he still has two or three years under his belt already. Suzuki, Caulfield, um, Montebo's on an old goalie. I think he's 26, 25, something like that. 26, be 27 yeah. this year. Yeah. So, I mean, uh, it's good for the team. They get the, you know, like, uh, I mean, the old guys are guys that are soon leaving anyway, like Huffman, uh, Savard's probably going to be gone either by the end of the season or next off season. Uh, and that's saying something because Savard's only 32 years old. Well, that's just it. But I mean, <laughs> All right. Yeah. So, I mean, even Anderson now is a veteran at 28. So, yeah. uh, you know, or not a veteran, but an, an elder. He's one of the older ones. Yeah. And then you have Brendan Gallagher and that excellent contract for a 31-year-old. Um, 
you know, 20 years at six and a half million or whatever the hell it is, you know, but Hey, you know, Hey, now the guy just story. got engaged. So, you know, he's not that old. Mm. Yeah. He got engaged. He got engaged Good for him. Well, actually, I mean, we say old, I mean, I'm 49 next month. So, you know, I wish I was an old man ready to retire from my job at 30. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or so, a millionaire. Yeah. Or a millionaire with, you know, just getting ready to get married to a nice young lady who uh, sure just loves him for his looks and personality. <laughs> this is my last show. I don't care. So. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, Trey's not going anywhere, anyone. Don't worry about it. He's... No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. No, I'm Gallagher and his girlfriend have been together a long time. And uh, it's yeah. his, they, he finally, he knows his career is coming to an end, either LTIR or some other way. So he's going to give her the ring because he's going to have a lot more time to be with her. Kind of Derek Jeter-esque because he never got married till he retired. So, You know, honestly, uh, this is a tangent, but you got oh. me on to with that Jeter comment. I'm I'm surprised more high-end, well-paid athletes don't do that more often. Like you look at uh, Tiger Woods. The only thing he did wrong was cheat on his wife at every single stop he made. If he was never married, no one would have said a word about his activities with those porn stars and waitresses and whatever the hell else he had. Strippers. Yeah, yeah. He would have been applauded, but instead he chose to get married. I mean, she seemed like a lovely lady, but clearly he was not ready for marriage. There's too much temptation for those guys. So why not wait until you're a little bit more mature? Well, I mean, Jeter's uh, big thing was playing baseball and the mount you play and the mount you're gone. He didn't want to have a family yeah. and not be there. You know what I mean? Uh, also, I mean, if you see the girls he was dating through his baseball career, you know, like I was having his fun. Uh, but you're absolutely right. Like uh, a lot of these guys, uh, there's it's and then and not to compare it to the military, but it's kind of like you're gone away a lot. You're in different places and you meet different people and, you know, things happen. And if that's the case, yeah, you're not ready for marriage. Like just uh, wait and so you're ready to settle down have a life or be like matt matt's like the Derek jeter of the yankee years dating all the hot women in trenton and you know i thought you were gonna say that i was like tiger woods banging whores <laughs> well i was gonna for, i wasn't gonna put it i wasn't gonna put it that way i was like you know i mean we are talking that's about trenton, I was waiting for you to say. so <laughs> we are talking about trenton they're either married military people or not married, but oh date my. military people. So I mean, oh it my. could be, it could have happened. It could have happened. I didn't watch you the entire time we were in Nashville. Oh, uh, you guys make me laugh. Yeah, we don't know what you do in the off time there, Matt. You got that look. You could have just walked in any swanky bar there and be like, "You, <laughs> let's go." Never yeah. would know. Yeah, Something just like snap that. his fingers, and then eight minutes later, you're back. And you're like, "All right, boys, some, some beers." <laughs> Let's go get some barbecue. <laughs> go. <laughs> <laughs>
All, All right. right. So, anyway, um, back to so, the Canadians. Uh, so, uh, so my point of view on the team being young. <laughs> so I would agree with I would agree with Treg, and it's it's uh, it's it's nice to see a young team, but a young team that's got some experience. Uh, some of these guys were pushed into a position more or less at a necessity because of uh, injuries over the years for some of these veteran players, and some of the guys have actually fared quite well. Uh, guys like Harvey Pinard, who got a two-year contract out of it. Um, uh, Kirby Doc coming in for a, uh, for well, what ended up being Romanov, pretty much. Um, and you look at, like, the old guy in the team, you're looking at Mike Hoffman and Chris Weidman, guys that aren't going to be in the uh, long-term plans of the team. And your comment about Savard, he's only 32, two years left at 3.5 mil. He could be a guy that uh, is either going to be that veteran presence on the blue line. And one of our last shows, I, I said that he should probably get an A for the departing um, uh, Joel Edmonston. But even then he could be a trade trip as well. A guy with some, uh, some veteran leadership skills and he's won a ring. So we'll go with that. Right. Yeah. Um, my concern right now is, you know, is, is the team too young? Um, I don't think so because Treg brought up a very valid point at the start of this. When he mentioned new hook, new hook has got playoff experience. He's got a Stanley cup. Then you look at Suzuki Caulfield. They went to the final, um, Matheson has been around for a while. He's 29, so clearly he's the old timer there. But Harris played. I mean, these guys, they, they, they're rookies still. Te- well, they're not rookies anymore, but they're still fairly young. But they've seen a lot. And there's a lot of people on this team who have experience that they can rally around, like Jake Allen. There's a reason why I don't think that, I don't think they traded him for this reason. The good in the room thing. I know a lot of people crap on that, but it's. It's a valid point. Guys like him uh, play that leadership role. They, they're like the uh, the cool uncle who can help them out. There, yeah. There's a re- there's a reason Toronto's changing their culture in Toronto. Uh, well, you can't say guys, that. That's bad. And uh, they're bringing in guys to like Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves wasn't signed for three years to fight. He was signed to change the dressing room. That's that's what he was signed for. I don't care what anyone says. Uh, he's that off ice guy that's going to sit in the dressing room, says what he has to say and, uh, you know, uh, stuff like that. I think that's what trying. And, and I think Montreal has a few of those players, uh, but in their position right now as a rebuilding team, they don't really need to be, they don't need those veterans. And now in two years, when you look at their salary cap, they're going to be able to go out and say, all right, get that 27, 28 year old veteran. Right sign them to a three, four year contract that just takes them to a few years past 30 and then try to go for that Stanley cup run as those rookies all, uh, you know, get their experience and get better. That's the way I look at it. So I, I don't have an issue with them being young right now, but once they start to contend, you're going to have to bring in some of those. But then again, at that point you have your Suzuki's and Caulfield's and new hooks that are all going to be sitting 24, 25, 20, 26 so who knows maybe they don't need to bring in too many just bring in some needed pieces yeah yeah exactly so, yeah so but there's gonna there's still despite the uh 
the lack of age, I mean, being that close to the bottom in, uh, in, in the age groupings, they still have quite a bit of experience that they can still rely on. And they, they have Arbor Jacka. That's all they need. <laughs> but they but they still do have guys that have been in the league for a long time. Um, Sean Monahan is only 28 years old, but he's been playing in the league for a long time. You see that guy is definitely a, a veteran presence in the lineup. And bringing him back for one year, I think it was a smart move, especially if the guy can stay healthy. He did look uh, quite good in the uh, short period of time that he played for the Canadians um, before he was injured. But you see, that's the big thing about the Canadians, young as they are. Uh, like we brought up Harvey Pinard. I, one of those guys, going to say Harvey Pinard, as long as Montreal's injured, doesn't make the team because he's waiver exempt, right? Like, and that's the only reason I think he doesn't make the team. Yolan's not waiver exempt, uh, unless they bury Armia or Hoffman. Now I'm kind of getting to a different subject, but it's still based on the youth. Uh, Guys like Slavkowski and Harvey Pinard probably don't make the and it's going to be one or the other, I think, because both are waiver exempt. So, like, why why take a guy like Yulonen and try to put him through waivers or Pizzetta and try to put them through it with the risk of losing them for nothing? Um, although I don't think is Yulonen even signed yet. I don't even think no, he's not. He's still in our effect. Oh, no, he's not. Yeah. So I mean, maybe there's something going on with him. I don't know. Maybe whatever. However. Um, like I know a lot of people are going about Harvey Panarin hit 20 goals. And I, I'm not even sure he starts the season with Montreal, to be honest with you. Even if he played all 82 games, I just don't see him making, uh, having the same type of season he had. He was shooting at a 25, 26% rate, 14 goals in 32 in 34, 36 games. It's great, but he's going to be a bottom six guy if he were to play the whole season. And if he were to get 14 goals over an 82 game pace, I still think that's an amazing season for him. For a third, fourth line player. Like, cause I mean, you're absolutely right. If everyone remains healthy, he's not playing on the top line with Suzuki. Like he was for the majority of his 30 some odd games. He's not playing on the second line. Uh, cause that's what he did. He was top six. I think for the, almost the entire time he was up, especially when he got hot there, when he first got up. Um, so yeah, I just don't see it. Um, but again, don't be shocked if you see uh, Harvey Pinard start Laval. I, and it's ba- and again, I'm not saying it has anything to do with his skill. It has to do with the fact they can move him up and down all they want. And they'll, they'll throw him. Uh, same with Slavkowski. Now, I truly believe Slavkowski's, they want Slavkowski to start in Montreal. Um, so I'm giving him the edge. But he's also waiver exempt. So if it comes that, uh, you know, Harry Pinard really played like three or four people in the preseason, then you're going to see him get the slot over maybe Slavkowski and see him go. I just don't see them risking Pizzetta or uh, if they sign Yolona and Yolona. That or they got to make a move to free up. Which... What, about the, what about on the defensive side? Who, who, do you think, who do you think goes down? I think Weidman does. Yeah. But they don't need this veteran presence there anymore. They got Savard and they got Matheson. You got Gooley, Jack Eye, Harris, Kovacevic, and Barron. The only thing I can see happening is so that's what, eight defensemen? Yeah. So Kovacevic, maybe it'd be another one that's going to be because I can't see them not going with 13 forwards. Right. 
right? So unless they make a deal, a Jack Eye, maybe he's waiver exempt. Baron's is. waiver exempt. Yeah, Baron think, is, yeah. Baron's waiver exempt. Uh, yeah. Harris waiver exempt? I don't know. He is, but I, I can't see them. I can't see him no. going down. But no. maybe Jack Eye, but I don't see Jack Eye going down either, especially now that you get guys like Ryan Reeves and uh, uh, Luchik and all these guys in the division now. I don't see him, you know, I just don't see him, the guy going down. Yeah. It really uh, does seem that most of the goons in the league, or I mean, you call them goons, most of the guys that like to fight. Goons. Luchik <laughs> and Reeves are nothing but goons. Came, came to came to the uh came to the Atlantic Division. Most of the most of them did. And like even the same same thing as Ottawa. Ottawa went out and picked up a bunch as well. Yeah. And coincidence that Arbor Jack I established himself as a tough as nails Lyle Odeline type uh hockey player. Right? I mean Lyle Odeline. I love that. Odell, yeah, I can put the, that. put the puck in the net. He had somewhat okay skating skills, although Jack Eye's a really much better skater than my Odeline ever was. But uh, but Odeline could, could throw. He could throw down, and he would throw down at right. any, you know. So is it any surprise that all of a sudden all these teams in the division are getting blue chicks and Reeves and Ottawa's going out and signing a bunch of bottom line players that can throw, right? Doesn't surprise me. Every every one of those guys are bringing in for toughness are the uh, the enforcers you'd order on wish. Hmm. And I mean, Jack Eye's way out of his way. And Jack Eye's the guy you get on Amazon. Or That's from right. Costco. For, or from Costco. You hit buy now on that guy. <laughs> no, I mean, you, you look at Lucic, he's well past his prime. He's barely able to keep up. He is solely there to add the uh, the fighting element that the that Jack Eye brings. And the same with Ryan Reeves in Toronto. I, I know Reeves is a fun guy. He brings a lot to the dressing room. And that is still an important thing, like I mentioned with, with Jake Allen. But when you're playing three minutes a night and your only real uh, contribution is someone who can fight, now that was, that's going to help in the regular season a little bit. It would be a little bit more uh, pressing to have someone like that in the playoffs, but are they going to dress him for the playoffs? When the games matter, are they going to want to keep a guy like that? Or are they going to bring in someone that, you know, make a trade at the deadline, bring back Noel Achari? They didn't dress, they didn't dress uh, Simmons in the playoffs. I think he dressed one or two games. That's about it. Yeah. And really that's after Florida had already been running over. And them. I'm not really... I'm not really crapping on Reeves on this one, but his style of play and the way he the way he skates, he is. I don't think he's fast enough to keep up with Toronto's pace. Had he played somewhere else, uh, a team that doesn't require their their players to play at a a sprint, he would be fine. But in this situation, I don't think he's set up for success. Well, I mean, what offensive success has Brian Reeves ever really had? No, no, but you don't need him to score goals. You just need him to keep up. Yeah, he, he, yeah okay. <laughs> I, I just, you know, like to me, I, I truly believe Ryan Reeds was just signed to sort that dressing room out. I don't think he's there for anything. Absolutely. Else. Absolutely. 
right? Yeah, they say, oh, he's bringing toughness. He's Wayne Simmons. He's the exact same thing as Wayne Simmons, a little bit better of a fighter. And Wayne, actually, yeah. he's not the exact same. He's the exact same thing as Wayne Simmons when he got to Toronto. Because uh, Wayne Simmons was a 20-goal scorer, 25, almost 30-goal scorer when he was uh, in Philadelphia. So he could actually do things. Um, but, I mean, when uh, we were talking about the defenseman and which one – because really, even if you leave out Weidman, you have eight defensemen. So there's two defensemen that you're essentially got to send to the minors. Now you have Harris, Jack Guy, uh, Gooley, essentially, and Barron are all waiver exempt, are they not? So Harris, Barron, um, Gooley, and Jack Guy are all, are yeah. all waivers exempt. Yeah. They're all waiver exempt. So Kovacevic, Weidman would have to go through waivers. No one's looking at Weidman. Kovacevic, maybe. He might, uh, you might lose. I think he'd be waivers. claimed. I think he'd be claimed. That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. so yeah. what do you do? And then that's what you say. Who goes down? You're not putting Jack Eye down because you're going to need someone there for all these guys like Reeves and Luchik and all these, uh, whatever. Harris probably isn't going down. Gooley for sure isn't going down. Baron? Now you've seen him play lately. Like, do you think he's going to be ready for the start of the season? That was his issue last year. He just wasn't yeah. in the headspace for the NHL when the season start, but when he came back up, he certainly yeah. proved he deserved to be there. He's fully healthy right now. He's, he's training. He's, he's looking really good on the ice uh, this summer. I, I got to see him at camp because right now I'm just watching him kind of skate, do one-on-one drills with people yeah. like uh, with, you know, like Crosby, which is impressive enough, but it's, it's summertime training. It's not the same. Um, yeah, but you guys make a valid point. I mean, you look at the defense, and honestly, you can have a rotation there. You can send guys down, bring them back up. There's no limit to how often you can do that with that waiver exemption. And if your plan is to do a road trip with this crowd, you you bring a guy, you bring the guys you you feel are gonna fulfill needs that you have when you're on the road, and then you let the other guys stay behind and play with Laval. That way, nobody's missing out on development time. I mean, I guess it's the play as long as they understand that's what they're doing. I just don't. Yeah. I mean, I don't see Gooley being part of that rotation. I really don't. No. And I'm not quite sure. I'm not quite sure you see Harris as part of that rotation. So it's tough to. Yeah, it's tough to see that. So I think Jack Eye is really the and, guy for that. Yeah, but then again, you look at it and go, okay, he's probably playing when they play Toronto. He's probably playing when they play Boston. He's probably playing when they play Philadelphia. He's probably playing when they play Tampa Bay. He's probably playing when they play Ottawa. <laughs> so when do you yeah. send him down? I can't. I can't see him being being a guy that they that they rotate out. I really think that they he's going to be a regular in the lineup, and he should be. Which he, kind right? of points to them possibly moving one player. See, now I've always said that Harris was the guy to move, but not because I want to get rid of Harris. I just think he's the best bang for your buck if you're going to trade one of the young defensemen. He's going to bring you yeah. the most back. Uh, Weidman's not going to get you shit. Uh, Kovacevic probably isn't going to get you – Not and to me, I thought Kovacevic was the most steady defenseman all year last year yeah. out of the entire group. Uh, he, you might get a third for him. Maybe, and which isn't bad, but with Harris – you might get a first, you might get a first plus. You don't know, right? Like you don't know how he's valued from other teams. Um, I would like to keep them all, but at some point you got to, I mean, Weidman, I think Weidman's going to get 
thrown in Laval anyway, so that's why I think it's going to have a Weidman. That's just me. Yeah. Well, yeah, with Weidman, he's he's that he's that player that you have no problems leaving in the press box for two months at a time. You don't care about his development because he's past it. Yeah. He's your eighth man. He bring you bring him in when you need a guy or if there's injuries. Otherwise, he just sits to the sidelines. Well, then that makes it even harder to decide what you're going to do if he's the yeah. seventh. If he's the seventh defenseman, then it's definitely Kovacevic and either Baron and Jack or Jacki, one or the other. If you are going to put someone on waivers, I agree. Weidman's probably the guy you put on, knowing that you don't give a crap if you lose him. At six hundred, uh, at seven hundred sixty thousand dollars a year, and he's in so his last year of his up. deal. If if Gustafson yeah. can still get a job, Weidman can get a job somewhere because <laughs> exactly, it's pretty much the same exactly. player. <laughs> I personally think, and, and, I personally think you throw Baron, you throw Baron down, give him top line minutes to start the year, and then have Weidman as your seventh. That's that's what I that's what I, I think. I'm, I'm on the boat with Blaine. Let's wait to see how Baron is in camp. Because I think yeah. Barron's issue at the start of seasons is his body's ready, but his mental game just isn't. I don't know if you agree with that or not, Blaine, but I think that's kind of like when he turns it on. <laughs> when he turns it on, he's a, yeah. he's a good he's a good young defenseman. It just it takes him a long time to get going because he he struggled in that preseason last year. He, uh, did. he struggled mightily. He did, and there was and, and there and was, and was the year that he struggled, and it was mo- mostly mental mistakes that he that he struggled with, like just meant little mental errors. Yeah, getting in into game opinion. shape in his mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And but yeah. when he when he came back from Laval, he was one of the better defensemen on the team, hands down. Yeah, well, him and his brother, uh, if he can pick up some of that uh, that mental focus from his brother Morgan, that would be great. The two of them, they go at it hard during the summer too, like at each other. You think you think they're, you think that they, uh, one of them actually ran over their the other one's dog. Like they go at each other hard. It, it's hilarious. Um, then he got anyway, and Reinbacher. <laughs> well, that's what I'm going to get to now is the rookie tournament that's coming up. Yeah. Who's going to be like the Canadians are playing in Buffalo in that rookie tournament in September? They got those three games. Um, like who's going to play? What What's that going to look like? Is there going to be a third concussion in a row? Like these are the questions that I ask myself. Well, Evans isn't playing, so the concussion's probably out. Um, now the you the uh, NCAA players can't play, correct? No, that's right. So you're not going to have any of them guys, but you're probably still going to see Wah, yep, Farrell, because Farrell's done. I think in the NCAA, is he not? Yeah, he yeah, signed, yeah, signed his contract. Yeah. He signed his contract. So, yeah. uh, you're going to see Owen Beck. Yep. Uh, Messer. Yeah. Mayu. Reinbacher. Uh, Dobes. Yep. Verbetic? Or does he does he? No, he wouldn't count. Qual- Verbetic hasn't signed. He wouldn't qualify, though. He wouldn't play. Because he played in the ECHL? I think he's Doesn't too old. Then. I, think he's, I think he's kind of too old anyway. Hmm. So you'll uh, probably see Dobes and you'll see um, the fellow they picked up this year. Cam, Cam Fowler, but Fowler's in C. No, isn't it Fowler in C. Oh, yeah, Fowler is. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Fowler's in Zabilla. Yeah. 
Oh, they're and I don't the Russian goalie won't be there, so I don't no. think you'll see him. But uh, but you never know. This is when you're going to see guys possibly on tryouts as well, right? And then they've got the fellow from Quebec that they picked up as well, uh, Quentin Miller. Oh, Quentin Miller, yeah, the backup right. there for the Rampart. Yeah. Um. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Did they have Did they have a roster out yet? I know they had the rookie camp oh. roster. No, they don't yet. No. But I would assume that whoever they've got playing in the tournament is going to come off that rookie camp roster. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah. like Riley Kidney will be there and Joshua and all yeah. those kind of guys. A lot of guys that are going to be either in Laval for sure or guys that are going to possibly be in the ECHL. And then some guys that you're going to feel bad for that have to go back to junior hockey just based on the fact that there's not a spot for them right now in their age right yeah like going back uh he might make laval he'd have to be signed and he'd still be too he'd still be too young to go to laval owen beck is signed and he's still too all right yeah but he'd still be too but he'd still be too young he is yeah yeah. It's NHL or junior for him. There's right. nothing oh, so, in between. Yeah, he'll he'll be in junior the next year. But yeah, I mean, right. you'll have Riley Kidney, you'll have Farrell, you'll have Waugh, you'll have Mayu, you'll have. They have some impressive uh, prospects. They've, they've got some impressive prospects that are going to be in Laval next year. Yeah, Laval actually, will, I think, is going to be pretty Roar good. Be there, like. Yep. Oh, we have Vincent Roar. Yeah. Yeah. Florian Jackeye. That'd be fun. Flo- to see. Yeah, Florian Jackeye will be there. Oh, Florian. Oh. <laughs> Jaden Struble? Can yeah. he play, though? Well, he just signed his contract just at the end of last year. Yeah. there's not a. It's not like you have to be under a specific age to be able to play. Mm, I just wonder. I don't know what the rookies, I don't know what they consider what. That's all, I suppose. Honestly, I, I'm looking at, if, if you're looking at the... Uh, um, the rookie camp roster, the development camp roster that the Canadians had in July. And you, t- you just look at some of those names that are on there and the names that we can add to them with guys like, that you've mentioned before, the Canadians have a ton of newly drafted players and, and not just like seventh round picks here. We're, we're looking at first, second, third rounders and players who were kind of slid and you, you look at where they are now in their development, te- teams would probably draft them sooner. So it's a decent lineup, and the Canadians' depth in their prospect pool is starting to really show now. Yeah. Well, uh, someone put out their list, and I think they were only like, they were 10th or something, but I think that's, I don't think that's right. I don't think they should be 10th, but whoever. Oh, yeah, Jared no. Davidson, he'll be playing, he'll be there right. too. And I think they'll be all right. Cedric Gwendon and or however you say that name, going done. Yeah, no, friend, yeah. yeah. Friend Rhett of the Pitlick. show. Rhett Pitlick. No, yeah. no, he's in the NCAA. Is he? Well, he was at the development camp. Yeah, they can do four days. Yeah. Oh. That's all you can do. You can only do development camp. Oh, all right. Well, they still get 7 uh, 0. Luke Tuck's in the NCAA, isn't he? Yes. Yeah. Uh, you'll be all right. They'll be okay. They'll have Jane Struble. Yeah, he was there. Turgenay. William Trudeau. 
Emmett Crotill. He'll probably, yeah. Oh, no, he's not. He's USHO. So there's there's a lot of really good young names. There's one name that everyone's going to be talking about, especially if he doesn't play in this uh, rookie tournament, which is still a possibility because he's expected to return to Europe, and that's David Reinbacher. Boom. And <laughs> so I put out a, I put out uh, an article on the hockey writers talking about reasons why he should go back to Europe, and part of it is this this rumor that's come out. Nothing's been substantiated yet, and that's his so-called illness, the uh, Orlin Schlocker or whatever the hell they call it. Um, it's a fancy name for growing paints. Yeah, I read up on that. There's no one confirming or denying this. Like no one from his camp says, no. yeah, this is what he has. No one even mentioned that he had any issues. I'm not sure where this came from or if it's. Uh... Um, I think the source was Max Truman in on uh, Dali Kuyas. He's got connections. He's not a, you know, he doesn't just make shit up. He he does put out some quality stuff, but nobody has confirmed this. I mean, if if it if it's true that he has it, it's I don't think it's as big of a deal as some people are making it out to be because it's growing pains. Lots of people have this. He had a pretty good season last year. If he had it last year, didn't seem to affect him too much. And I, I spoke to an orthopedic surgeon here in Halifax while I was having an appointment for my own problems. And uh, he, he explained to me what it is. And essentially, the player's growth plates, once they're closed, this essentially goes away. It, it's going to take a little bit of time. You know, there's a lag time there, six months to a year, where the discomfort will still be there. But the inflammation and all the other, that goes away after about a year after your growth, your growth plates close, which is for Reinbacher probably at the end of next season. So if that's the case, go to Europe, stay the hell away from Montreal, stay away from the limelight, just go deal with your shit over there. And then once you're done that year, come on back. I think that's the thing with right now with Reinbacher is just where he's going to be, where his development's going to work for him to play. Should he still play in the Swiss pro league or should he play in Laval? I don't see, think you're going to see him in Montreal, but uh, I think that's just where Hughes and Gorton and everyone got to sit down and with Rob Bramage and them and go, all right, where's the best place for this guy to play? Um, I think there's a few players like that. Uh, Slavkowski, I think, is a player they got to sit down, although applaud Slavkowski and all the shit he's been doing over in uh, Slovakia there to uh, make himself better. Um. You know, with the skating, learn trying to be a better skater, trying to breathe better when he's skating to get his endurance up and all this funky stuff that he's doing over there. Blaine's in another world looking over. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of working my other job at the same time. So, um, Matt, I, I, I didn't hear you talk about any of this yet. I, I I'm right up there with you guys. Like it's it's it all just seems that it's uh, there's no facts behind it. Um, they even talked to the head coach, and he said that he didn't. He never saw anything. He never 
He never saw him in a knee brace like some people were reporting, et cetera. Um, and really the only knee injury that I can that I can see is what he what happened at the world championships when he took that low hit. That's the only thing that I that, that I can see anything to do with his knee. Um and you would think by now, like this this story's come out the last couple of days, but like nobody say credible from the media, nobody from the team, like nobody has jumped out there and said like, Hey, this is a thing. So I'm just going to take it with a grain of salt and say that the kid's fine. And I do agree that the best, uh, the best course of action would be for him to go back to the Swiss league for another season and uh, play top minutes there and kind of hone his game. And if his legs are still growing, then let them grow over there where he's going to be playing in a, uh, you know, I'm not going to downplay the Swiss league or anything, but he's going to be playing in a less, a less physical league. Austin Matthews played there, Matt. Austin <laughs> fucking Matthews. And Guy Boucher did say it's better than the AHL. And yeah. and he, he, he knows what he's talking about. He's the assistant coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs. Facts. But I would say, I would say for him to go back, I would be, I'd definitely be okay with that. And, uh, say play those top minutes and, uh, come back then or come over the next season i will confirm he did have an illness at the world junior championships it was called the flu yeah he was on ivs the entire time and in bed between games it's it was it's incredible how well he played considering just how little nutrition he was getting or holding in and his coach fury had nothing but top friggin things to say about him yeah, I spoke to Coach Fury again this summer. Um, had a full, uh, an exclusive interview with you with him, and I put that out on both Hockey Writers and Cryer Media. And uh, yeah, he he had nothing but great things to say about both him and Roarer. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the next time that uh, Coach Fury is here in Nova Scotia, he's uh, we're, we'll all meet up with him. He's from Anaganishko, if you didn't know that. That's right. He's a blue noser. Anyhow, uh, that's pretty much it for the show. Uh, why don't we do some final thoughts? Uh, Treg, final thoughts. Uh, I have any. What did the cow say to the calf? It's past your bedtime. That is horrible. Did you hear about the power outlet that got into a fight with the power cord? He thought he could sock it to him. I draw the line at dad jokes, but granddad jokes are just, it's beyond the pale. I'm addicted to collecting vintage Beatle albums. I need help. I need somebody. Anyway, no, I don't really have any final thoughts. It's midsummer. Nothing's really going on. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, Matt, I'll take the Reinbacher thing with a grain of salt. Uh, and anything like that. However, I will take this prediction now. The Habs are going to make a big move before the start of the season. Major pieces will move. Mike Hoffman. Maybe. To the Islanders. And a defenseman. I'm not saying to the Islanders. But a defenseman and Mike Hoffman are going to be. Chris it's, the only thing, it's the only thing that makes sense. It's the only thing that makes sense. What about you? Final thoughts? Uh Preseason schedule is out. 
so the Canadians are going to uh, start on the 25th. Going to play New Jersey, Ottawa, two games in Toronto, or two games against Toronto, then one in Toronto, followed by uh, their last game of the season. The last game of the preseason will be October 7th in Ottawa. Uh, so only six games this year, as opposed to it seems like you know a dozen that they usually play. Um, other than that. Um, Twitter is apparently changing to like X or something like that. So, uh, so it's not the Wakanda thing, you know, it's an X. All right. And, uh, um, yeah, I guess we'll be on that platform when Twitter changes its name or whatever the hell it is. And, um, if you got shit dad jokes, so do I. So what do you get when you cross a brown chicken and a brown cow? What? Brown chicken, brown cow. <laughs> See, it's a shitty joke. <laughs> I like that one. I like Whoa. that one. I like that one. I like that one. Okay. This this show is oh, yeah. full circle. We've had dad jokes. Mm. He talked about some stuff about my old CO. Uh, talked about Tiger Woods banging whores. <laughs> it's been a been an experience spicy <laughs> it's been a spicy show yeah it's, it's called midsummer um, <laughs> habs fucking podcast is what it, we have nothing nothing <laughs> well for myself with the final thoughts i'm gonna say we do have something coming up and that is a sh- another show later on this week and we're gonna have a guest laura saba the active stick oh. from locked on canadians is going to join the show again and we're gonna just shoot the breeze uh, hopefully, um, without the dad jokes, it's but... going to be much more professional than this one. <laughs> it's not hard to beat that. I will not bring up men in underwear. <laughs> we could bring up Robin Hood men in tights. Good movie, classic. Mel Brooks movies are the best. Classic, the best. Go watch Blazing uh, right, Saddles so... before they cancel it. Yeah. Uh, All right. So uh, that's pretty much it. So I want to thank everybody for tuning in, listening, and anyone who's still with us at this point of the show. uh, Bravo. I mean, you got you're you're definitely uh, a glutton for punishment to put up with all that. So, again, thank you for listening. And uh, remember, if you're talking about it, so are we. The Podcast Super Friends is a monthly meeting of five podcast producers. Hi, I'm Catherine O'Brien from Branch Out Programs in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I'm John Gay from Jagged Detroit Podcasts. I'm Matt Kundal from the Sound Off Podcast Network. I'm David Yes from Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. And I'm Johnny Peterson from Straight Up Podcasts. Together, they form the Podcast Super Friends, an alliance of podcast masterminds sharing best practices, insights, and discussions to help make you a better podcaster. Follow or subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or at soundoff.network. I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He, he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. All, we all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all have. This is before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from JeffWoodsRadio.com.